Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> okay. What a bright beautiful day. I see all of y'all up because y'all think it's 530. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the ones that ain't up is cussing, but that's all right. We're going to pray for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all up. Up. Ready. Yes. Yeah. Go on in, crawl into the kitchen, get your cup of mud, as the, as the bald-headed preacher <laughs> likes to say. A cup of water, water, water. Oh, see, you like that water. Some of us get caffeinated drinks of all persuasions. Uh, Some folk might go in there and open them. Well, you know. Good morning to you, too. Good morning to everybody. It's good to see you on this uh, daylight savings time. Is, Is that what we're doing, daylight savings? Yeah. Saving the day. We supposed to be saving the day. Yeah. They get, you know, the springtime is when you got more time to go out there and work. Brother Dennis know all about that, you know, how he spent all his days out there working on the field. You know, working on the build and the firm foundation, you know, he know about that. Well, this morning I want to uh, – share something with you um, as uh, uh, we're, we're getting into the silly season. It's starting up here. And um, something happened on yesterday, and it, it drew some confusion from a few of our fine friends, and I wanted to to share this with you. We are in the digital age now. And because we're in the digital age, uh, people like Brother Dennis may know about this because he was over there at First Baptist, and, and, you know, they've always shown cameras in his face. He's always tried to get over there where he get the good side. That's why you go see him always sitting on the right side of the church to make sure to catch his face from, you know, his, his prettiness, you know, his mug shots and everything. And most of uh, your churches back in the day used to have it subtitle on the bottom of the program kind of hidden down there in the baseline. They didn't they didn't put it out there as much because they didn't have to. But down there was kind of a a little uh advertisement or advisement, if you will, to let people know that once you come through these doors you agree that your likeness is going to get used to uh, for whatever the ministry has chosen to use it for, meaning if they're going to put it out there for uh, TV purposes or video packages, case um, whatever the case may be. Um, in this modern age, with most of our churches now having to uh, come over, if you will, to the digital age, we're bringing people into a world who is not familiar with this. And so don't be alarmed if you go to an event or or have somebody come by and they throw a little thing in your face. All that is is now they have to make sure that you don't sue them 
if, you know, your face or picture or whatever ends up somewhere. And like, for instance, on this piece of business, your voice, Technically, if I wanted to be funny, I have not done that, and I never felt like I had to. But if somebody were to get funny with me, I would have to come on here and remind you that your voice is used to uh, go out into the world, and so we use, people hear your voice, and so you can't come tell me, I heard my voice on that video. You owe me some money. And so that's all that it is. So if you ever see one of those little NDAs, they call them thrown in your face. That's all it is. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's more people are scared of you than you of them. And so I just wanted to throw that out there because you're going to see those come up here a lot lately when you start heading back to your churches or to events, uh, especially when you're dealing with this silly season and all of these people who are starting to Mama Bell the good thing is a lot of our politicians, at least locally, are starting to realize that they need to come to our communities more. Yeah. And so now that they're coming, I felt that it was a great opportunity for us to share exactly what's, you know, involved in those things. So we'll talk about that a little bit more down the road. But I wanted to put that out there because I had to deal with that yesterday. It kind of made me a little angry dealing with some folks, and I had to realize you can't get mad at folks that don't know what they're doing. So you just have to sit down and explain it to them and realize that, sadly, Mama Bell, in our community, we don't know nothing. The first thing we know how to do is just say we ain't going to do nothing. Hmm. Instead of sitting and asking questions, that's 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 our general go-to. And I know that. I've been in that, that predicament. Some of you have been there as well, you know. They threw a computer in front of your face and told you to figure it out, and you start cussing and just threw it in the corner. It's been sitting over there in the box since 1992. And uh, that's one of the issues I go to, and so I, I, I pray for your, your patience and I also pray for uh, ask you to pray for the new generation that has to deal with some of us and our struggle to advance. So that being said, we're going to get in the church today. Uh, Mama Bell is uh, here, and she's wide awake, and we are thankful for her being a part this morning. And Brother Dennis is here, and I believe the bald-headed preacher will be here in a minute to uh, share with us. And so uh, we would like to uh, first appreciate all of you who are joining with us, some of you breathe the elements, at least in your mind. Uh, I realize, Mama Bell, sometimes going from the bedroom to the kitchen is, is just as bad as going outside. Sure is down here because it's cold down here. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I appreciate you braving the elements just to get down there and get your cup of coffee. Another thing I want to share with you, while Mama Bell is on her way to her piano, is uh, I got a call from a friend of ours that used to hang around here, Rim Chavis, and she was telling me how she had in one of her cemetery classes. Uh, I said that right, cemetery. <laughs> you call every preacher on planet Earth, and they'll tell you cemetery. 
And uh, she was saying how the people were asking questions about this modern world and how we work. And one of the, the subjects for that particular class was virtual worship. And one of the ladies got up and said, that virtual church, we're two years in now, Mama Bell. Think about this. That virtual church stuff ain't going to never work. And my dear Mama, or should I say Reverend Chavis, my dear Mama Bell is what I was trying to say as I butchered that sentence. She said, well, you know what? I think you need to dial this number one Sunday morning. And I saw it, didn't know who it was, didn't pay no attention. I didn't, I, I didn't call anybody out. But apparently my dear Reverend Chavis sent somebody to this church just to hear how virtual services work, somebody from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And then they went back and told their class, people in Canada, uh, I don't know where all that class go, but it, it's a it's a very global class. All that I guess that virtual stuff do work because that boy she told me go here they do a good job over there that thing called first virtual. So I just want you to know that you uh you help prove somebody's argument that virtual church do work, and uh, that uh, even if like it's twenty seven degrees outside and you don't feel like going nowhere. You can roll over and praise Jesus while your warmers are still on your feet. Amen. Mama Bell. Yeah, I'm here. You ready? I'm tired of, ta- I'm tired of talking for now. Ahead, I guess. Uh, you know, I know the first uh, 
first day is always a little difficult than uh, many other. Yesterday was a strange day weather-wise, but you know, we're alive and well, and uh, that's all that matters. God is good all the time. This past week, I was thinking uh, of a lot of different things. I'm sure all of us have been, and uh, you know, I, uh, you know, as, as usual, in my search through Bible verses or Bible thoughts or whatever you want to call them that I use every Sunday, you know, um, I try to uh, uh, let God uh, lead me to one that maybe is um, uh, relevant for our day uh, and especially our time that uh, we might be going through personally, corporately, uh, country-wise, or uh, the most important, it's always to me, it's always an individual thing. You know, um, I know I myself, uh, you know, struggle uh, sometimes. I know you all find that hard to believe, but uh, we all struggle, uh, whether we do physically or, or just spiritually. Um, sometimes we do it both. We struggle both physically and spiritually, and, you know, it all comes down to a mental thing. And this past week, as I was uh, thinking of uh, where I should, go with, uh, which direction to go with, you know, God led me to Daniel, and uh, Daniel is a, a pretty pretty wild guy, uh, you know, he was definitely rebellious, he was definitely, uh, uh, had his mindset, but uh, he was, uh, he, kept, uh, he kept being faithful, faithful to, to uh, his God. And we have to remember that, you know, we have to, and it, it's a hard thing to do. And sometimes, you know, as we uh, spend uh, time or try to carve out time to, in our uh, prayer time to God or, or even our worship time with God, sometimes we we forget. We forget. But Daniel and his, uh, his wisdom you know, the way that I look at it, you know, every time I start to falter or have problems, you know, when I go to read the Bible, I'm like, okay, God, God knew I was going to be having problems with this. That's why he had him right at the Bible, so it would help me get through this. You know, it's an individual thing, like I said, but it's still a corporate thing. You know, God has wisdom, but he understands. And in Daniel uh, chapter 10, verse 12, you know, uh, and uh he, uh, God says, <clears throat> he then continued, do not, here we go, ready, do not be afraid, Daniel. Sometimes, you know, I, I put that, uh, you know, we, we put our names in there, you know, do not be afraid, Dennis, do not be afraid, Eric, uh, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. You know, and, and that's, uh, to me, that gives us, you know, that gives us hope that God, God hears us. You know, he tells that you since the first day that you humbled yourself, that, that you became uh well, devoted to him, that you made a decision to, to follow God and to follow Jesus. You know, God God knows about that, you know, and, and he knows uh, how, how your heart is and, and what your heart truly is. And, and God listens to you and hears you. 
you know, and you have to be what? You have to be steadfast. You have to listen, you know, be strong in that. You know, don't give up in that, you know. Uh, you know, how many times have we we've talked to people and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm afraid you know, I never listen to what, I, you know, what I'm saying and, you know, he never does what I want. Well, I don't think it's a, it's a priority of uh, God to do what you want. I think it's a priority of God to do what 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 he wants uh, and what he knows is best for you, even though we don't agree with that all times. You know, God does what's best for us. God did what was best for Dad. He knew when it was right to what, make Daddy understand, you know, and uh, know who who God was. You know, be still, be still. Listen to who God is. And listen to His voice. But you know, we know that God is God is with us. We know that God uh, knew us before we were formed. He knew us uh, before we were born. He knows how many hairs that we have or don't have on our head. And uh, it's amazing to me that uh, no matter where we're at or what we're doing, God is still there. He's, you know, it's like, oh, wait a minute, God's sitting there watching me. You know, let's let's uh, let's respect Him. Let's listen to Him and, and let's follow Him. You know, I have a friend one time. He says, uh, uh, he says when I pray, when I go to my little prayer room or whatever, I make sure there's a empty seat for God to come and sit with me, for Jesus to join me in my prayers. You know, and that's, a, you know, that's a visual. Sometimes we need visuals. But think about Daniel, what he had to go through. You know, where was he at? He put him in the lion's den. But he, was he afraid? I'm sure he was. <laughs> was he worried? I'm sure he was. But he put his face in his he didn't put his face in the king put him in there. He just put his face in the lions that were there, that were there to eat him, or whatever they were there to do. He put his faith in God, and he trusted him. You know, are you ready to put your faith in God and trust him when he throws you into that mind of sense? It doesn't have to be a physical problem that you're facing. It could be a mental one, right? a spiritual one. But if you keep strong and keep belief in God and ask him to protect you and believe you as to guide you, he's gonna help you. He's gonna point you in the right direction. You know, he gave you strength, you know, through his salvation. You didn't have to do anything to earn it. You don't have to do anything to keep it. All you have to do is believe in and have in fellowship with God, whether it be in uh, prayer whether it be a community worship like we're doing now or just individual worship, you know. Do you worship God every day? Or do you just ask God for things? Do you praise God every day? He praises you. He tells us that's the Bible. But also tells us that we should praise God. We should praise Him. We should praise Him with the music. You know, the Mama Bell uses that's the that's act of worship. And that's the act of praise and an act of prayer. It's not just music on the piano. You know, she is praising God. And then when we sit time and, and talk to God, you know, are we praising him? Yeah. Because he likes when we learn about him. He likes when we teach about him. 
but most of all, he likes the way we talk to him and put our faith in him, our trust in him. And it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this, maybe. Okay, God's going to help me, maybe. There's no baby in God. Think about that. There's no maybe in God. It's only the love and, and, and his, uh, his strength that, you know, we should feed off of. You know, and that's what Daniel said off of in, the, in his life. The strength of God gave him to face the, the lions, to face the king, to face what he had to face in his lifetime. Yeah. Are you using the strength of God? I hope so. So as we go forth today, maybe we take a little extra nap in the afternoon to make up. You're not going to make up for that hour, so don't even try. Just I'll let you know that, okay? <laughs> you know, praise God, when the sun comes up here in just a little while, wow, you know, yesterday was terrible, but today's going to be a better day. And that's what we have to remember spiritually and physically. You know, we all have those days. God, God works, we work through them. You know, yesterday I spent time with family. You can't replace that. Family is a great thing, you know. You can't. <laughs> you know, some of them are a little strange, but that's okay. You know, God gives everybody their own little individuality. And, uh, you know, but God tells us what, you know, love on them. And take that opportunity, you know, love on your family. Love on your friends. But most of all, love on your God. And they will love you back. Amen and amen. God bless. Once again, good morning to everybody. Morning. On this wonderful... Not only is this daylight savings time this morning, I also... I would like to remind you that we are in the season of Lent uh, as we're preparing for the celebration of uh, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. And as we do that, I would like to uh, focus myself a little bit on some of my Episcopal mindsets and... uh, take time to do something. Most times in our churches, we have our own individual prayers, and I have no problem with that. Uh, But I feel that, uh, well, we're going to do that in a minute anyway. But there's also, as you read in the scripture, uh, there was a time for corporate unity prayer. That's where the Lord's Prayer comes from. It's a unified prayer for all of us to be able to pray together. And so as uh, we get ready in a few moments to to do a moment of intercessory where we have uh, agreed upon a person who will uh, vocally share and express concerns on our behalf and, and we join in agreement with what is laid upon his heart to pray, I would like for us to first take a time to have our own corporate prayer. If we say that we have no sin, we have deceived ourselves 
and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. May we pray this week to A, confess, and B, accept God's forgiveness. Secondly, rend your heart and not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. This week, may we turn our hearts to Christ, focusing on his merciful world, his merciful love. May we show slowness to anger as we deal with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Third, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. May we drop our pride and realize that we are not worthy of the family ship. But despite our unworthiness, he still accepts us and loves us as his own. Forth to the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness. Though we have rebelled against him, neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord, our God, to walk in his laws which he has set before us. May we recognize our errors, our challenges, our desires to see the world and operate same in our own eyes. And finally, Jesus said, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. May we this week find our way to our purpose as Christ found his way to his. Amen. I will give you, if you want, some of you can find these online. They'll be in your email. All of those were verses that we read. Those are the five verses that you can meditate on this week. If you have a pen, quickly I'll read them for you. If not, we can definitely connect and get those later. But first John one eight and nine is the first one. Joel two thirteen is the Tuesday. Luke fifteen, eighteen and nineteen is for Wednesday. And as Brother Dennis was just in that wonderful book, Daniel nine, nine and ten is the Thursday. And then Mark eight and 34 is for Friday. John 1, 1 John 1, 8 and 9, Joel 2, 13, Luke 15, 18 and 19, Daniel 9, 9, 10, and Mark 8 and 34. Uh, again, we'll have those online 
in our email that we'll send out this later on this afternoon, or we can uh, connect later, and I will definitely give those to you for those who may not have Internet capabilities. Also, as we prepare for intercessory prayer, I would like to put in your mind a piece of business that is going on here in our city, those of you who are connected to the, as they call the NFK area. Uh, over on the base, there's a little bit of controversy. You might have heard it if you pay attention to the news. There is a destroyer that is stuck in port because there's a battle between leadership over COVID and vaccines and what have you. And, uh, it is, in many cases, considered a direct attack against and uh, so we ask that you keep that in your prayers as uh, they figure out those things as going on in our land. Nothing else. We ask you to focus on your own concerns, thoughts, ideas, and whatever the Lord will have for you. And as we work to the Lord in our moment of intercessory prayer. Most gracious, eternal God, our Father, we honor you, we praise you, we glorify you. We thank you, Lord, for waking us up this morning to clothe us in our right mind and giving us the activities of our limbs. We thank you, Lord God, because it's because of you we have we look, we move and we live and we have our being. Oh. Father, we honor you, Lord, with the fruits of our lips this morning. We voluntarily praise you and glorify you as our delight and our joy to be able to open up our mouths to have sounds to come out, but sounds to worship you, sounds to worship you, our King and our Lord and our Savior. There is no other God besides you. There is no other King besides you. You are great God and you are greatly to be praised. And, Father, we, with our hearts, with our minds, we lift up your name and we glorify you. Yes, Lord, Lord, as we come this morning, we realize that there are many things that have come in our lives during the course of the week and the course of time that, Lord God, we, we, we might have slipped and we might have faltered. And God, we straight up sinned in some areas and some aware and some unaware. But, Father, we ask you for forgiveness. We ask you to forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings, Lord. And, and your word says that you, we, we ask you, Lord, you are faithful and you are, just, you are just to forgive us. And we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the finished work of the cross. And we thank you for the resurrection and we thank you for the gift of Jesus, and we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that you have given to us, that live with us, that abide with us each and every day. And, Father, we thank you because you never left us alone. You promised that, and we thank you for that. We thank you for all that we needed your hands has provided. Yes, Great Lord. is your faithfulness towards us. Lord, we, we, we worked 40 hours. Some of us worked a lifetime. And, Lord God, we're receiving pensions, we're receiving checks, we're receiving salaries. And all that has to do because, God, you gave us the strength yeah. to put up with stuff that we really didn't want to put up with a lot of times, but we had to do what we had to do in order to receive what we're receiving. 
And, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you because time and history has given us wisdom to be able to uh, to think and to make rational decisions in this day and this time. And we thank you, Lord, for that. And, Father, we pray, Lord God, as we come together, as we intercede, as we stand in the gap, as we join our faith together, as we pray for issues and things that are going on around us, not only, only around us, but sometime in our bodies, when our bodies are fevered and struck and with pain. We thank you, Lord God, for touching us and giving us your healing. We thank you for divine healing. Thank you for giving us the ability to press through, to press through some things, God, that are, are difficult, pressing through things, Lord God, sometimes are very testing and trying. But we thank you for the joy. We thank you for the power that you give on us to press through those things, those those situations that we find ourselves in time. God, that it's difficult to stand up against, to stand up with. There are some people, Lord God, that sometimes we come across in contact with. It's, it's kind of hard to 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 remain there with a smile and, and to be there without being confrontational. But we thank you, Lord God, for giving us the ability to do that, Lord. Oh, sometimes the Peter's spirit jump on us and we want to cut off something. But, Father, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the strength, Lord God, to, to turn the other cheek and to turn away and and yet, even to pray for them, Lord God, our enemies and our frenemies. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for that. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us the strength, Lord God, to be able to look over this world. And you comfort us and, and touch us in our mind to be able to pray for the issues that are so close to you. Thank you for giving us powers, your people, Lord God, to pray to a strong and living God that never failed us, that never forsook us, and always with us. And we thank you, Lord God. God, we pray for our families. We pray for our children. We pray for our nieces and nephews. We pray for our siblings. We pray for our parents. We pray for aunties. We pray for uncles, Lord God. We pray for all our neighborhoods, Lord. We pray for our cities. We pray for our state. We pray for our nation. We even lift up the whole world to you, Lord God. And, Father, we just pray, God, that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, continue, Lord God, to touch those who are yet still dealing with COVID. We thank you for those who have dealt with COVID in some kind of way. We pray continuously, Lord God, that there will be no side effects and no uh, outcome of anything later, Lord God, that will come and that will affect breathing or anything else, Lord. And, Father, we just come this morning, Lord God, praying for those who are dealing with all kinds of sorts of sickness and diseases. We thank you for healing and touching them. Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you will continue to move by your power. We pray for those who are, that are in Ukraine, Lord God, that are dealing with the invasion of another country, Lord God. We just pray, God, for the millions of people that are running for their lives. Lord God, we pray for those who can't run, but yet, Lord God, uh, they have to sit there and, 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 and pray to you, Lord God, and, and hope for the best. 
But, Father, we pray for their protection, Lord God. We pray for the strength of the of the underdog. We pray for the strength, Lord God, of Ukraine, Lord, that they will be able to defend themselves, Lord God, and every nation that is standing beside behind her, that, Lord God, that has happened to wanting to help and pledging to help. I pray, Lord God, for the many people all across the world that is throwing their support behind Ukraine, Lord. We just pray, God, that you do what you did for Jehoshaphat in the uh, in your word, Lord God. When they looked up, they saw that their numbers was less than the enemy, but they looked beyond where the enemy was, and they looked up in the mountains, and they saw chariots of fire. They saw chariots of angels of fire, Lord God, fighting for them, Lord God. And Lord, you're the same God. that The word says you never change. You're the same God today and forevermore. And so we bless them in Jesus' name. Lord God, we pray for the wars that are going on in our streets. There's wars that have been going on for centuries, Lord God. There are a lot of things that are going on, God, that need your direct attention that we live with each and every day, that the news reporters never get a story behind. Lord God, that sometimes that our legislators never see. But, God, you see, Lord God, you see the trouble. You see the troubled minds and the troubled hearts. And, God, we just pray, God, for intervention into that, Lord God, that you would just touch and move upon that in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord God, for those who have to make decisions, Lord God, the generals and, and all of those who have to make decisions in our national government and our state governments and our local governments. We pray, Lord God, as they have to make decisions, and, and, and release their control and to have control. We pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that personalities and, and, and self-pride would not get in the way of what you want to do and how you want to use them in Jesus' name. Father, you gave us great talents and an ability, and you gave us everything that we need. And, Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you will continue to put the right person at the right place at the right time. And we thank you for that, Lord God. And, Lord God, every decision, Lord God, I pray, God, that they will recognize you. Because, Lord God, your word says that if a man acknowledge you in his ways, you will direct his path. And, Father, that's what the prayer that we pray, Lord God, for our leaders. That's the prayer that we pray for our president of this United States of America. We pray, Lord God, that you will give him the directions that is needed. We pray, God, that you will give his cabinet the directions that is needed, Lord God, to help us in so many situations, Lord God, that need direction. It needs leadership. It needs someone to stand up to take the uh, control, Lord God, of the situation. And so we pray, Lord God, that you would use them, Lord God, and use his cabinet, use their abilities and their strengths, Lord God, to bring whatever is needed to bring to every situation. And Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for giving this avenue to us that we can come to our place and, Lord God, rise up earlier on on Sunday morning to get a word from you. Talk to you, Lord God. Bring all our burdens and our cares to you and lay them at your feet. And we thank you, Lord God. We don't take it for granted. And so, Lord God, as we now about to come to the part where all of us now, Lord God, will bring our problems and our cares, and we will drop them at your feet, Lord God. We know without a shadow of a doubt, on the other side of this prayer, God, you will move on our behalf. 
You hear our prayers. You never turn a deaf ear to us. And we thank you for that. And we glorify you for it in Jesus' name. Now we come to the part of the prayer where we all pray whatever is on your heart and on your mind. Pastor Booth might have missed some things. Um, um, Brother Dennis told us earlier this morning, he said, God knows the number of hairs on our head. And I said, Lord, you ain't got too much problems with me because I ain't got none. But (laughs) But the Lord knows what you need. But he can answer you wherever you are, whatever you have to call on the name of the Lord for. And then let's do that together, whatever is on your heart. Let's pray now. Now, Lord, bless the man of God as he come this morning to bless us what you have poured and downloaded in him. We pray, Lord God, that you will use his voice and his anointed abilities to bring forth a word that will bring change in our lives and the lives of everyone that we hear. Let those who have a hearing, let us hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. God is so good. Yes. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to us. Amen. Pastor, I want to ask you a question. May I ask you a question? I'm I'm scared to say yes, but yes, sir. <laughs> Where's your beard? Yes, sir. Where's your beard? Where's my who? Your beard. On my face. And where's your face connected to? My head. Well, there you go. You got hair. God bless you. Priest the word, daughter. We'll talk later. Priest the word. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, you stop calling me bald-headed boots, dear. Hallelujah. 
uh, bald headed, great head preacher. Matthew. <laughs> Uh, medicine, Mm-mm-mm. joy like medicine. Mm-mm-mm. Matthew chapter number four, verse one through eleven. Matthew chapter number four, verse one through eleven. And it reads, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Then the tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He answered, it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that cometh from the mouth of God. This part said comes, but I've been reading in the translation for so long, I know it cometh is where you are reading. Number five says, then the devil took him to the holy city had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, go ahead and commit suicide. Uh Uh-huh. Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you. And they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus told him, it is written also, do not test the Lord your God. Verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and its splendor, and said to him, I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, Go away, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Verse 11, Then the devil left him, and the angels came and begin to serve him. All those who agree with the word respond with a howdy. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, Three Strikes, You're Out. Oh. Three strikes, you're out. Um, I don't know if you have been paying attention much on your TV screens. I hope you haven't because you're very smart people. You have other things to do with your time. And if you have been paying attention, I'm sure that uh, your time is definitely not spent in this department. At least many of your time is not spent in this department because you're not very sports. uh, You're not sports enthusiast, if you will. 
But for those of you who might have passed by just hearing some things in between one of the other two disturbing pieces of business on your news screen, you will notice that there is a baseball lockout, or there was a baseball lockout that is now concluded. Baseball is one of the oldest, most somewhat respected, and dare I say now somewhat most boring sports on planet Earth. I said it. And yet it has this idea attached to it where this guy walks up to this mound. They call it home plate. And he has this bat. And when the pitcher throws him the ball and he swings it, that's strike one. Then the pitcher throws him a ball again and he swings it. And may I add in there that he must miss it. And if he misses it now, the second time, that's strike two. He's got one more strike, and he is out. He swings the ball again, and he misses it. Strike three. But then on the other side of the game, you have a thing called ball. So if the pitcher throws a ball and it is not in regulation for the pitcher or the catcher, should I say, excuse me, the batter, to be able to hit it properly, it's a whole thing to this. You can definitely sit down with your local baseball enthusiast and they will explain it more. I'm not going to do it justice. But just like the batter has three times to swing, before he's out, the pitcher has three times to throw before that's done. In this particular piece of business, what we read here, you have Jesus at bat and the devil at the pitcher's plate. And on three different occasions, the devil throws Jesus a ball. And if I could just go ahead and get to the ending part so you can go ahead and shout for about five minutes, Jesus strikes out the devil. Game over. But now that we already knew that, we don't have to sit here and spend 45 minutes or so trying to get to that piece of business. I'm sure there was some theatrical way that I could have got there. I just ain't feel like doing that today because I want to focus on these three Occurrences, And then also I want to focus on the little minute details that are stuck up in here. Number one that fascinated me when I read this, I don't know if you saw it, straight off the bat it said Jesus was led to the wilderness to be tempted. I find myself, and I'm sure you've found yourself in situations where it seems as though it is unfair. It seems as though it is devastating to you. Why would God do this to me? Why have this problem? But sometimes I have come to now realize from reading this particular text that 
many of our challenges are not because of our bad behavior. Many of our challenges, or should I say some, just to please or placate to those who Some of our challenges is because it is an opportunity for us to be tested, to be tried in certain cases. The scripture says over there in the book of James, you might have heard it if you read that through sometimes. It says temptations come to try, to test our faith. Sometimes these things happen just to see who you are, what you're made of. My buddy I know who works on cars, I had a conversation with him one day. I called him. I don't remember why I called him. But he was out there and he was doing something. He just put a motor in a car. And don't call him. He's high. And uh, just in case you got ideas. But he was putting the motor in the car, and he called me, and that thing was just going. And I was somewhat not perplexed. I somewhat had an idea, but just because I was bored, I just wanted to say, hey, man, why you got to make all that noise for He said, well, I got this new engine, and... I got to test it out a bit. I got to see how much stress it can handle because if you don't put it on what they call a dyno, it's a little machine that you put it on and it tests the stress level. It tests the, the healthiness of the engine. If you don't put it through pressure, you do not know if your engine can survive when you get on 264 and you might have to hit 60 or 70, or when you get up into New York where the speed limits might be 80 or 90, or in some cases when you find yourself in very mountainous terrains. I know none of y'all going up in the mountains nowhere, but if you happen to find yourself up there and you're plowing through those rough mountains, one of the stresses is if the engine is strong enough, it cannot push or propel your vehicle up those mountain terrains. And so before they put the vehicle on the road, they run it through this test, this stress test, to see if it can survive. Jesus, before he could come out and tell you how to do anything, first he had to prove that he could do it himself. You know, how would you feel if you went and sat down in a class with a teacher that ain't never been taught nothing? How do you know that the teacher knows what they're talking about if they've never been tested on what they know. The scripture says over there in Revelations, it says they overcame him. They got victory because of what they had been through, their testimony, a test in memory. Uh-huh. That's the first part about this piece of business that I that struck me. 
Then I got down, man, it said, Jesus got up here in this wilderness. He's been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Now, back then, you old Pentecostals know, you old saints. I ain't talking about the new saints. These old saints understand when you went to fasting, now they got the Daniel fast where, you know, you might be on a juice diet or you might be on a low-carb diet. They got all these different ideas for fasting now. Back yonder, when you fast, and lucky they let you drink water. When you went on a fast, you fasted. You stripped yourself. You turned your whole plate. They said, turn your plate down. That means want nothing on it. Want nothing in the glass. So Jesus being on this fast, it is very interesting or very um understandably for me to believe that he had restricted himself completely of food because why else would he find himself hungry? Seeing as he's hungry, the first thing the devil said, all right, I'm going to get him here. I'm going to get him when he's hungry. I'm going to make him want some food. You ever thought about the fact that, and I thought about this sometime as I was reading this, that somebody's making breakfast. I hear you right now. See, I'm talking about hungry. You want to go make food. See how that works? <laughs> I thought about this. I have tried, Bishop, to go on fasts and, and different things and you ever notice that when you're fasting, the chicken smells a lot better? Oh, you can smell you can smell seven feet and ten miles away when you're on a fast and you're hungry. Praise the Lord. I went outside one day and I smelled hardest, and it's all on the other side of the river. But I smelt it. And my senses psychologically was driving me to it. It is a psychological thing here. Most of us in our churches don't talk about psychology that much. We don't talk about understanding of psychology, sociology, psychology. We don't discuss how these things, these acts trigger our emotions. This is a moment where Jesus' emotions was triggered. I was sitting last night and I was watching a movie the first lady puts on these movies all the time. Sometimes I, don't, I, I, I don't, I just don't. And last night was one of the first times when I just said I don't understand. I just don't understand. And I was starting to get a little bit angry, and I just looked at it and said I don't understand. And I threw my hands up and walked out the room. And I went to the bathroom and. She went outside to do whatever she needed to do outside, take care of some business she had to take care of. And we both came back, and it was almost like we had went in our separate ways and we had had an emotional experience, a heavenly understanding of what just happened. And she walked back in the door, and she said, why didn't you tell me that triggered you? We don't understand the word triggering. 
Sometimes if you've been through hurt, you can't watch people get hurt. If you've been around people who shot at you, you can't watch shooting movies. It triggers you. And when you keep trying to force people to do things that triggers them, you are forcing them into a mindset that they do not need to be in. Jesus was at this moment where he was hungry. He was at an emotional state, and Jesus was trying, or the Satan, should I say, excuse me, was trying to force Jesus into a mind. He was triggering him. And Jesus had to immediately dismiss himself, like, look, I am not going to be bothered by this. I went on a campaign for years, at least around here, ever since the first time we've been together, and I said, turn the news off. It's triggering you. You're not getting angry and frustrated just because it is bothering you. It is taking your blood pressure up. It is taking your cholesterol up. It is taking your lifespan down. It is a problem. Dismiss it from your life. It would have been the same thing if Satan had walked up to you and told you, you know, it's 6.30. And if you don't watch David Mirror, you're going to be stupid. It's 6.30. If you don't watch Lester Holt, you ain't going to know what's going on. You don't want to be ignorant. You don't want to not know what's going on in your world. See, that's the problem. They tell all y'all black folks, that y'all stupid and don't know nothing. So why don't you go ahead and turn that news on so you can know what's going on in the world. But you know what I found out, my dear mamas and sisters and brothers? You know what I found out? Half them folks that's calling you stupid is mad that y'all are feeling better than they are. Amen. Because they over there watching it. They over there frustrated. You shouting and hollering because you ain't got a clue, and they mad that you got something they ain't got. Amen. That's the second piece of business. There's a third piece of business that most of us don't like to talk about. We don't like to talk about suicide. We don't like to talk about attempted of saying. But here in the text, I would like to ask you a question where it says that he took him to the pinnacle of the temple and told him to fall off. What is that but attempted suicide? He says, oh, if you fall, the angels will come and get you. Most suicide victims, that is the first thing that pops into their mind when they're told to end it all. They're told, you will be protected by a better place. Oh, just give this up. Just 
Leave all of this alone. You're hungry. You can't pay your bills. You can't go get a job. You're stuck because you can't drive because gas price is $14 million a gallon, and you filled it up, and you had to mortgage your house just to get to work tomorrow morning. Just end it all. Most folks don't believe that they've had that moment in life. And then another thing that most folks don't believe, especially around church, and I say this all the time, that we have been trained to be depressed individuals. I was talking to a lady on Wednesday, Tuesday, one of them days. I don't know why I tried that. I keep telling myself, stop trying. You don't remember dates. And she said, I'm just praying for Jesus to come on. I said, you're depressed. She said, why am I depressed? Because I want to go to heaven? Yes. How am I depressed? Because I want to go to heaven. Because you're tired of living here. There's nothing wrong with wanting to go to heaven, but when your reasoning for wanting to go is specifically and only because you can't take life anymore, that is a form of depression. That is a form of life beating you so bad, but you're not going to take your own life, so you're praying that God comes get you. When you look back at our brothers and our sisters who have found themselves in serious moments of oppression, and they prayed for an exit. Come by here, my Lord, come by here. Lord, we wait and come by here. Lord, we pray and come by here. Oh, Lord, they were tired. They were beat up. They were struggling. They were busted and disgusted. And if God just came and got them, it's a form of oppression and even more so depression. Then you look down there in that point and they say, well, you know God can do it, yeah. But just because, and I'm not calling suicide stupid, I'm moving on to another point here, because suicide and thoughts of same is not stupid. That is something that really needs to be addressed, particularly around these places, church I'm referring to. But if I could just move on a little bit, because there's other things that we, we look at that may not pay much attention to. When you go outside and get in your car, if anybody's going to church today, I implore you not to go out there speeding. There's a little thing out there you might have heard of called ice. And you can get out there and say, Lord, don't get me there on time. I ain't worried about this. You better worry about this because if you hit that ice wrong, you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> I'm not going to kill myself. God going to protect me. Go ahead and play with God if you want to. <laughs> he said, don't test. Don't try. You ever heard the old folks say, don't try your luck? 
tempt God. Don't try your you trying yourself, boy. Uh-huh. Don't test yourself. Don't test the pay. I remember when I was talking to Sister Brickhouse about this. I remember it. I didn't remember it until last night, and I'm going to talk about my grandmama here a little bit, and I asked her to forgive me, but but I, I have to talk about her because this was an occurrence that happened. Something happened long, long time ago, long time ago, long, long time ago. And I, I sat there as I was thinking last night, and I was dreaming, if you will, there was a gentleman that came in and and broke into my grandmother's garage. This was in the 90s. We was on our way to Bible study, and this man came down. The sensor lights came on, and we was on our way out the door, and that's why my uncle has always believed grandmother saying that you need to have your house lit up like Fort Knox. Uh, and the man went down there with two of Grandmama's antique lamps in his hand. And before I finish that, I have to go back earlier because something popped into my brain that this gentleman and his sidekick had said earlier in the day. He said, oh, this is one of them quiet communities. Don't nobody agree out here. And if I could go back and tell that man now, I would say, please don't try yourself. Because that night he came back with that mentality. And Sister Brick, Mama Brickhouse, I told you last night, I know there's that many guns in that neighborhood. You want to talk about anti-gun laws. If they knew how many guns was in Valentine Place on Keller Avenue on that night, they would probably do a raid. And they came out there, and they was looking, and Grandmama came out the door screaming, and every man with a pulse came out the door. And that man had just said, all these people around here is timid, these church folks is timid. I hear it like I ain't heard it in 20 years, but I heard it last night. They were sitting on the porch, and they was doing talking. And this man came out, and he was doing it, and they came out looking. And Grandma went down the street like she was Moses. She had a rod in her hand, but, but I ain't going to tell you what kind of rod it was. It, 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 it might have done some more. You understand. I, you use your imagination with rods in her hand. Christians got rods, you understand. Uh-huh. They got them rods that believe that there will be peace. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so grandmother went down the street and doing, and somebody said, they caught him. Here he is. And I remembered like yesterday, there was a man who went one way. He said, which way are you going? Mr. Kelly was next door. Mr. Kelly grabbed his gun and another man grabbed. He had a double barrel shotgun. Mr. Kelly went around one corner with, his gun hanging out the window, and the man went around, had a blue Cadillac down there on the other side of, of uh, what's that street? Um, can't think of, but it was on the other side. And he went down one end of his blue Cadillac. And Mr. Elder Richardson came out the house, and if anybody was timid in the neighborhood, it would have been Mr. Kelly. 
not Mr. Kelly, uh, Richardson. And he came out of the house and said, we can't do this. We're supposed to be Christians. Mr. Kelly said, we are Christians, but we're going to shoot them tonight. <laughs> and we see them, we're going to shoot them. And Ella Richardson said, we can't shoot them. We got to be Christians. And Ella, Mr. Kelly said, you're right, Ella Richardson. We can't shoot them. We got to be under the power of God. And Mr. Kelly paused and turned around, but we're going to shoot them tonight. And guess what, Ella Richardson? We're going to do it in Jesus' name. <laughs> Why did I tell you that story? Because not only should you not test God, but I implore you not to test people. Do not push folks to the point that you feel like you can get over on them. That you can use them and abuse them and they ain't going to say nothing to you. At some point, them people going to get tired. And the most purest of people and the most saved and holiest of holy folks will get tired and forget that they got the Holy Ghost and pick up a holy cuss word and a match it. Match it with a holy frying pan. <laughs> and go play baseball upside your head. You got to be careful to not test people. Then we get to the third strike for, for the Satan's. I said the Satan's. The third strike was he gets Jesus in a place where he said, listen, you tired of being broke. You tired of bumming for rides. You tired of starting your car and getting to the corner only to have to pull over and pump the gas three times and start it over again and getting out the car. You remember back in the day when you had to get out the car, you had to go under the hood, and you had to turn the little knob on the, the on the, on, I can't even think of what it's called. My car men could tell me. And then you had to pour a little gas around the carburetor just to get, because the gas wasn't going straight to the, so you had to make, you had to help it out a little bit. You're tired. You're tired of that beat up old ride taking you 35 minutes to do a five-minute drive. All you got to do is give up. Give up that preaching stuff. Them folk ain't going to pay you nothing no way. Ain't no church going to hire you. Not what you need to be paid to hold down all the things you got to hold down. Oh, all that stuff you're doing out there in the community, trying to go out there and say, you can't save black folks. Why are you going out there? Just let them die. I'll tell you what you do. You let all that go, and you come over here. The reason why I spoke of this is because I have watched many of our brothers. I've talked to some of them who have told me to my face, black brothers, young black brothers and sisters, who have told me to my face, you know, I would join the movement, but, but, but you see, Staying out pays me more. I know they in trouble over there, but you see, I can't mess up 
my good thing over here. I, I can't mess up my good. You see, I, I'm going to be partner come morning. Ain't no point in me going out there and messing up my partnership, trying to help get some black folks out the project. Ain't no point in me going out there and messing up my partnership, taking some old heads to the doctor. Ain't no point in me messing up my opportunities, trying to go out there and get some broke folks some food. I, if I just sit here and shut my mouth, look at all that I can have. I go back to that movie I was watching. I don't remember uh, uh, Lord have mercy I'm going to have to talk first later And I'll get the answer to you It was a gentleman Who wrote a play He died before the play Could come into existence But he wrote a play And he stuck with it And he stuck with it And he stuck with it, stuck with it. And he had a best friend That had the same dream But he decided His best friend did That I just need to get into society. I need. I can settle for the BMW. I can settle for the wall-to-wall. I can settle for the penthouse in the sky with a view over the city. If I just, I, I know this is not what I wanted. I know this is not who I believe I'm supposed to be. I know this is not what God called me to be. But you know what? If I just, I just settle for it. And a whole lot of folks, in our streets today have settled for less than who they are and what they were created to be. Then that leads us to the final point. It leads us to the final point. The first lady decided to text me, bless her heart. The movie was called Tick, Tick, Boom. It was uh, Jonathan somebody. You go look it up on Netflix or something and watch the movie. I, I encourage you to do it and hear that story. Jonathan, Jonathan Larson was the movie or the person. The final point that Mr. Larson Realize he had this mental mindset that you know what he just said, "Hey, look at here. I hear what you're saying, and in somebody's mind, what you're saying makes sense. But you see, it don't make sense to me. So what I'm gonna need for you to do is to just go on here and go on somewhere else." And the thing that fascinates me, you know, the Bible has is so many different things to the Bible, so many different parts. It's so complex, this great book is. We've talked about this. If I could just go ahead and throw this in there, I must throw this in there because we talked about this countless times and how much and how complex the Bible is and how the word has so much to it that just one book cannot contain all of it. So in order for us to have this book in in human form, in carry form, they had to focus on the things that really, really, really matter. And so if that is the case and the argument that which we are to take then obviously 
It's that simple. Resist the devil and he goes away. No heart. You ain't got to cry. You ain't got to scream at him. You ain't got to throw holy oil on him and spit at him 17 times and turn around twice and foam at the mouth. All you got to do is say, go away. And the sad reality is you ain't got to tell him that loud. Jesus just say, hey, Satan, go away. And immediately the Bible says Satan just left. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we don't just tell the devil to go away. I, if grandmother comes to pray for us here in a minute, I'm sure there's a lot of things in your life, and I'm going to get out of your hair and give us some time. There's a lot of things in your life that you're dealing with. While she's praying, just ball them all up and, and just tell the devil, go away. You've seen the lightning flashing, you've heard the thunder roll, you felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer your soul. But here's why you can just tell them to go away, because you got confidence that you've heard the voice of your Savior. And no matter what the devil tells you, he bids you still fight on. And when the devil leaves, here comes the angels. Here comes the forces of heaven. Here comes your creator himself. You know why? Because he promised never to leave you. No, never alone. Grandmother. Most holy and all wise Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you, gracious Father, for just for who you are. And God, help us to look to you. Help us to cast all our cares upon you. Help us, God, to trust you and believe in you. God, in the name of Jesus, help us not to just talk about it, but help us to believe that you are our Savior, that you are a friend to us. You are a helper. You are a healer. You are whatever we need. God, help us to just say thank you to you. Because, God, we know that you love us so much. Help us, oh God, not to be stiff-necked and hard-hearted and think we can do it on our own. But, God, help us to realize it all comes from you. Whatever we have, wherever you have brought us to this day, is because of your love. You love us so much, and we thank you. We thank you for the word that you have sent today. Help us, oh God, to... Take this word and ponder it in our hearts and realize, God, that you are God and beside you there, are, you are, there is no other. Yahweh, we know that you are with us. And we said thank you this morning. We just thank you. We praise you, God. And God, every problem, every situation that's 
pounding at us, God, help us to cast it all on you. We can't change the situation, but God, we know you can. And so, God, we casting all our cares on you this morning, and we saying thank you. We thank you, God, and we're going to rejoice, 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 because, God, we know you're in the situation with us, and we praise you. We love you. And, God, we give your name all the honor, all the honor, all the glory goes to you, God. We're going to say thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Keep on believing. God's going to answer them prayers. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Keep on